the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. I hope you're you're staying warm. It's cold out there. Uh, you know, I, last week I did Will Rogers, and uh, just to make you smile again, I thought I'd do W.C. Fields. He was kind of the first anti-hero, uh, and he always had a good line. I remember my dad took me to see the bank dick, and I I was laughing through the whole thing. Anyway, I spent half my money on gambling, alcohol, and wild women. The other half I wasted. <laughs> you can fool some of the people some of the time. And that's enough to make a decent living. <laughs> and I personally stay away from natural foods. And I don't have to attend every inv- argument I'm invited to. Uh, classics there. Anyway, uh, this is a live show. So if you've got the question for us, you know, the number uh, directly Lenny will pick you up is at 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. And, you know, I, I, I want to mention a couple things. Uh, I talked to a gentleman last week who owns a company, and he didn't know that uh, if you become a client of ours, we will do a a really exact number for you of what your company's worth. So we've had a couple guys in the last couple of years, you know, wanting to sell their companies, and they found out that they were lowballing themselves. So for all you out there, if you own a company also, remember, Jane Coppich was on from Dunbar Bender, and he... He has a, believe me, he, this guy's knowledge of retirement plans is outstanding. And what he, he'll do the legal work to allow you to put more away from the government. And if, by the way, you know, when you grow money away from taxes, it grows faster. <laughs> it's just simple as that. So uh, please let us know if you, if, if you're, you run a small company or run a big company and let us know if we can help. Um, and, you know, look, uh, this last week, I spent a couple hours with uh, the wife of a client. Uh, one of my clients passed away about two weeks ago, and we were going through his records, and they were a mess. <laughs> and I, I can't emphasize to y'all out there, as my brother would say down from the down south area, um, what a wealth plan and a family inventory workbook could do for you. And... Uh, you know, set up an appointment with me and let's sit down and, and I'll show you what we can do. We organize you financially. And believe me, uh, after this week, uh, you know, I'll just say Ann is, would, would have loved to have that stuff done for her or done with her uh, 10 years ago. So I'll just uh, suggest that. Remember, the dogs of the Dow are still around. There's one with 6% yield. And uh, very interesting looking chart to say that. Uh, also, 
If you go to my, if you go to WHK fourteen twenty, and go to local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show, you can go directly to my webpage, and in that there's an insight banner uh, right across the top, and it takes you and, and we give you up to date research there, and we name names, and we talk about a lot of good stuff there, and then in bulletin board, uh, you can get Rob Schleimer's work, Trend and Cycle, what he calls Roadmap. Uh, which is his weekly piece, uh, and there's a there's some really good stuff there. Um, also, I keep talking about our dividend growth portfolio and uh, our uh, prime income list, and they were flat last year, by the way. Just so I'm going to go into that later today. You know, uh, I got to confess, with so much information coming out about inflation and employment in the last week's data releases, uh, I was a little surprised to be getting questions about sectors which would be most impacted by the corporate minimum tax and a buyback. Um, you know, Lori Calcivina uh, in her pulse in December said many investors have simply been eager to move on to new topics of conversation besides the Fed <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. And, you know, Lori was talking about the Russell 2000 and 3000, and I saw a lot of you know, there's a lot of these stocks that got killed. They went from like five, eight bucks, ten bucks, twenty dollars down to below five. And a lot of the, you know, what I saw on my charts this week was a lot of fifty cent stocks going to seventy five cents, which are hard to, you know, they're hard to buy. The Securities Exchange Commission kind of slaps your hands when you do that. But utilities saw the most commentary about the corporate minimum tax, while industrials and financials saw the most commentary about buyback tax. So uh, th those are two areas uh, I I think you got to pay fairly close attention to. And uh, if I look back at the, if I revisit the ISM manufacturing playbook, um, U.S. equity investors with evidence, you know, of both the damage of manufacturing and services, signs of cooling in both places, signs of cooling inflation and wage pressure, and the labor backdrop remains solid despite some erosion. Anyway, all this gets us uh, closer to the end of the hiking cycle is what we think. All right. Um, small caps led the way. Small caps broke out this week. So there's three indexes that have now broken their downtrend line, which makes them solid citizens. Number one is a New York Stock Exchange Index, which is... A about 5,000 stocks, the Russell 2000, which is small cap stocks, and the Dow Jones Industrials. So it's the S&P and the NASDAQ, which were up the most the last couple of years that are having the problem. So we'll see what happens going forward with that. But, uh, you know, I, I guess, the, the look, uh, if, if we go back and look at what happened this week. The CPI came in, and it was a little softer than anybody anybody anticipated, uh, which is what we were anticipating, by the way. That's what Tom Porcelli was anticipating. But he liked the CPI report. That's the Consumer Price Index, by the way. Uh, the bigger story was the Fed, and specifically the Fed President Harker. He didn't speak a ton. In fact, by uh, our count, on average last year, he gave one speech per month. Uh, relative to some of his con, you know, colleagues, that's that's downright modest. So, but we have seen we've been at fifty basis points and twenty five basis points for the next two meetings. But clearly, if you look what happened with Parker, 
He's talking about 25 at the coming meeting, and maybe that's it. All right. Um, now Brainerd and Williams speak next week. We'll see. You know, they're two of the the harder core members, so we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, you know, we're getting close to the end of the cycle, is what I'm suggesting. So now, look, um, you know, the problem with the Fed right now <laughs> is I don't know if you remember, but there used to be a game called whack a mole. So wherever the mole showed up, you had to whack it with a hammer. Okay. And that seems the, the game that the Fed is playing right now, okay? Uh, Tom Lee had a great piece on this this week. And, and, but with equities, you know, if inflation tanks, because wages are slowing, and the FCI uh, will ease, that's, you know, that's what the Fed wants, and it's happening. And it's happening pretty fast, too. Remember, we only have the first three-quarter interest rate hike in and maybe a quarter of the second one in. Okay? So we got three more to go. So and and all the purchasing managers indexes both for manufacturing and for services are below 50. That means we're in a, you know, that's a recessionary sign right there, okay? So uh what Tom Lee did some work and you know, he's with Fundstrat. So I try to I try to look around for as much information as we can get. And what he said is that in a down year, after a down year, if the first week of January is positive, 100% of the time, the year's been positive. And in some cases, seven of the eight, we've had 20% gains. So, you know, the first four days, we were up 1.4%, and that's a good omen, a good, strong omen. So it's the rule of the first five days. And it, so if if it's correct, it implies a 26% gain in 2023. That's, I said eight of eight times. I said seven to seven times, okay? Um, and six of, six of seven times, it, it hit the plus 20% gain. So, um, you know, the question is, when does the, the Fed change the narrative that drives U.S. into a recession and the financial conditions start to ease? And when they, you know, so you that would equal upside the stocks, obviously. Uh, so people are very bearish right now still, uh, you know, the put the call ratio got the one, uh, I, I said it got the two and it did, but, uh, by the way, they are, my options decks corrected me. They said that was a little bit because of the holidays and they said, well, it was probably 1.52 and I haven't seen 1.52 in my career. I've seen 1.48, 1.46. So it was a high number. And, and, and that is a contrary, you know, thing. So it's something to think about now. I had a lot of questions this week about precious metals because they're starting to pick up a little bit. And I guess uh, our equity gold price assumption now reflects, you know, pricing towards the lower end of the commodity team's scenarios. So we'll see what happens here. But this is Josh Wolfson, by the way, and he, he's a darn good analyst. Uh, and in today's you know, backdrop of restrictive policy, along with slowing growth, should be a positive setup. For future gold prices, you know, so when we top it, gold should be a good place. Um, but look, in light of gold equities, recent uh, performance and the sector valuation, um, the sector faces some near-term risk, we think. But the charts are starting to look good. So, you know, I'm not exactly sure what to tell you people out there. I've owned some gold stocks. And, and I'm up a lot on them, okay? And then they gave back quite a bit of it. Uh, but I, I th still think you want to stay around, okay? 
Now, one of the things that we've been seeing is the international stocks have been stronger than the U.S. stocks. You know, if I look at dynamic asset level investing, which comes from our friends Dorsey Wright, all it tells us is we're working off a relative strength basis. And number one is cash, which, you know, we haven't seen that since 2008. Okay, so be careful out there a little bit anyway. But international equities are second and domestic equities are third. And, and, and commodities and domestic equities are, are tied for third, really. I think there's one vote between the two of them. Um, but we're seeing extra votes come in. So, look, global growth faces a variety of challenges right now. You know, you've got higher interest rates. You've got higher inflation, a struggling Chinese economy. Um, so it's it's elevated the, the financial market's uh, volatility, and it's going to stay that way for a while. However, I think we're getting close. Uh, you know, look, we got economic growth, and it continues to slow. It's probably going to have a recession. If, and that's what the that's what the markets told us. Remember, the market will start to bottom eight months before the re- we come out of the recession. All right, so. Uh, we had a very impressive recovery from the pandemic, and then the government started spending money like uh, there was no tomorrow. And you know, so now we we ha- the Fed is actually you know contracting the economy on purpose because we they the government went crazy. So um, you know, the federal government has. Has not helped us, I don't think, uh, in this six trillion dollar spending thing, and then another one point seven omnibus bill right before the end of the year. By the way, that was the first time the Republicans participated, which upsets me a little bit. Uh, I am a Republican, just for, for you all know. Uh, inflation is starting to calm, though, from extremely high levels, and I think that's the next thing that's important. And I think the U.S. dollar's peaked, and I think that's important. And the other thing I think is important. Uh, are two things, and these are really, really important. I think the central banks are approaching uh, a tightening finish line, okay? And the bond market has found support. The ten, you know, we have an inverted yield curve. There's a percentage point, a 1.1% between the six-month and the 10-year treasury, and that's usually that's usually interesting. I think the the equity market valuation risk has diminished, but the I think the earnings are still vulnerable. So, you know, you have to have good earnings going forward, and that's that's what's going to be the key. Um, it was an interesting start to the year. You know, we had one point four percent in the first five days. That's good. Uh, we had a strong ADP private payrolls number, and I thought that was kind of neat uh, need to know too. And of course, the jobs report was strong across the board. So, you know, there you go. Now, one of the things that if you go to 1420, WHK 1420, to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, and you go to Roadmap under Bulletin Board, Rob Schleimer highlighted biotechs on page three. Highlighted them. And I've been talking about healthcare for about six months now, but. Look, we had uh, there's some themes that we saw last week, and I thought I'd bring them up. We had some mixed fourth quarter pre-reports. Some of these were positive, some were negative. Okay, we had some promising clinical data, uh, though not necessarily definitive, but promising, and not a ton, but just enough merger and acquisition. And it, you know, in ten days, that's a lot. And the Inflation Reduction Act already looks to be impacting companies' longer-term strategies. You know, they're they're hitting them on pricing pretty bad. So, the question is, 
I think what they're going to do is go out and buy research, especially if it's cheap right now. So the FDA has been a, more lenient uh, than they've been in a long, long time. Uh, you know, that, hap- that started under uh, President Trump uh, and continued. So that's a good, good sign. And there's a few notable areas that we've seen for therapeutic enthusiasm right now. And then some uh, tougher area companies seem to be pivoting away from stuff that they're not absolutely sure on. Okay. And that's because of the the Inflation Reduction Act. So you're not going to see anybody go for the home run, I don't think, because the the cost is too much. And there was lots of price increases right before the end of the year. I can't blame them. Uh, Clinical trials still taking time and it's billions of dollars to get them going. So There'll be fewer home runs, we think, but there'll be a lot more merger and acquisition. So we've got a new year. We've got some new opportunities. I've got a couple names here and there. We'll see what happens uh, from there. But, uh, you know, look, I think we're in, in slow growth for a while. And that means technology is probably not going to pick up. So those who in tech, that's that's the group I think has to base for a pretty long time. But healthcare has based for a pretty long time. All right. And also, I'm seeing breakouts. Remember, I, I talked about the oil stocks two years ago on this show. And this summer, I talked about the oil service stocks. Seeing numerous breakouts in that area. Uh, they're up, though. You're paying up for them now. Uh, and then finally, I, actually, I, I talked about oil service back in the, in the spring, so I apologize. But finally, I, I do think healthcare is looking good. And basic material, a lot of basic material stocks broke out last week. Uh, so I've got to, you know, I'm hoping pull back a little bit. It's hard because uh, some of these things have not shown up on my charts. What's been showing up on my charts is, the, you know, there's a lot of stocks under a buck now. And I'm seeing these 50 centers go to a buck, maybe, you know, 75 cents to a buck. They're, they're hard to buy, though, because there's not much volume. There was not much volume on the way down. And you don't need much volume to take them off. But let's take a break. Uh, Let's take a break. And remember here, the number is 216-901-0945 if you have a question. That's 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. All through this song and sleepless night, I hear my neighbors talking. Saying that out of my life, another's arms is soon be walking. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. All right, hey friends, Bob France here once again for Empire Window Company. There's a lot of window companies out there, and I want to make Empire Window Company stand out because I chose Empire Window Company for a reason. I chose them when we were shopping for new windows because we just could not take the high energy bills any longer with our drafty old offset windows. We were losing too much air conditioning in the summer and losing too much heat in the winter, so we needed the energy efficiency of an Empire Window Company window. They only send out window installers to do your jobs. No general contractors, no carpenters and electricians and plumbers who also do windows on the site. Just windows, that's it. Experience, how about 63 years in the business? 
No one is doing it better for longer than Empire Window Company. 855-76-EMPIRE. More information online at EmpireWindowCompany.com. And just so you know, they'll spread your payments out with a tremendous financing plan. You can get 24 months at 0%. Spread those payments out for 24 months and experience the savings on your heating bill and add to the home value as well with the new windows today. Call Empire Window Company. Dennis Prager sees a mass exit. California's delegation to the House, based on population, declined for the first time in California history. California was once identified with freedom. This was the place you went to be free. Now, thanks to the Democratic Party and the rest of the left, this is the place you flee to be free. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. All right, we're back. And if you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Um, so, you know, look, we got, I think the inflation shock is starting to dissipate a little bit here. And, uh, you know, aside from China, by the way, where inflation soared to, geez, I think it was like 50-year highs. Um, even though inflation is still high, for my liking anyway, <laughs> Uh, many central banks, there's evidence that the price pressures are starting to come down. And one of the two areas that they were really concerned about were, well, three areas were housing, cars, and gasoline. And uh, gasoline price, uh, oil prices have come down, and gasoline prices haven't come down as fast. Uh, used cars are down 15% and look like they may, you know, if, if they were to make a lower top here, look like they may be done for a while. And then, uh, you know, new cars, they get all the chips they want now. All right. So that's interesting. And housing is taking it on the cuff pretty hard from what I understand. Uh, so uh, we're, we're starting to see some things that we like. Uh, you know, we're definitely going to probably see smaller rate hikes ahead. Uh, and so, you know, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting period, I think. And I do think that uh, what we'll see is lower growth. So you, you want to stay with, you know, uh, right now you want to stay with staples and the utilities, but uh, dividends, dividend growth is important. Uh, you know, that and the prime income list, for those of you who are retired, you know, the prime income list yielding about four and a quarter right now. Now, if you get a CD at 450 and now you don't have the market, well, you do have interest rate risk with it, uh, but you got to remember you're paying regular your regular taxes on that, on a dividend, it's a 15% tax. So it's a it's a better deal. So, But we're coming right up to, Rob Schleimer pointed out that, we're, you know, 4,100 to 4,120 is major resistance right now. And we're coming close to it. So if we break through that, that would be very, very important. And the other thing is year three of the U.S. election cycle has really had an impressive record of being positive. 23 of 27 times. I think 1931 was the only major decline. And, you know, uh, we, which you may recall that we had a bounce in 1930 from 1929, and then the, the Fed started tightening, uh, whatever. But uh, back-to-back negative years have developed in the past, but they are really rare events. All right. Uh, they're just, they're very rare. Uh, so you 
you know, doesn't happen very often. I think it's happened three times, uh, you know, in, I don't know, maybe uh, 70 years. So, but remember, when you do have a down year and the first five days of January are positive, it's seven for seven for a big move. Okay. But I, I do think if you look at the ICE biotech or the S&P 500 biotech indexes, they both made double bottoms and they're, they're, they're looking good. The, the S&P 500 biotech index, it, it were to break 95, 94, I guess it was, uh, you, you, you could be looking at some really big moves, and I'm starting to see some of the smaller names move. Uh, I picked out a couple that I sent to some people, and I'll probably be calling in Monday. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to everybody last week. Sorry about that. But uh, look, I, I, I want to stress, okay, that within secular bull markets, we have bear markets. Okay, it's simple as that. And you know, in in the '80s. 1983, you know, we, we, we took off in 1982, and then at the end of 1983 to 1984, every small cap in the world got whack. Okay? We had 1987. We had Saddam Hussein coming to town in 2000. Okay? So there are bear markets within bull markets, as there are bull markets within secular bear markets. Okay? Uh, in the, in, from 2000 to 2016, we had a bull market from 2003 to 2007, then we got creamed, and then we had a bull market from 2009 to 2016, and then we broke out. Okay, so these usually last 16 to 18 years, and we're at the bottom end of the cycle. And the other thing I think is very important is the momentum, uh, the negative momentum as the most I've seen since the 1990s, and it's starting to turn. So. Things are going to get interesting here, but the S&P 500 was at the top of the trend line. We said that for two months, December and January of last year, uh, and uh, actually 2021 and, and 2022, and now we're at the bottom. So we'll keep our fingers crossed, and, and I'm seeing the same thing with the, the Morgan Stanley Corporate Index. That's the EFA. Uh, it still hasn't rallied past um, – relative to the S&P 500, still not there yet, okay? Uh, the emerging markets are definitely not there uh, yet. But I, I, I am seeing, uh, if I look at Europe, and I look at the larger names, they're starting to pick up. So our ADR list would be a good thing at this point. Uh, an ADR is an American depository receipt that, you know, uh, is available. I've been mentioning it for the last couple of weeks. Um, the S&P, you know, the S&P versus the, like the Canadian index is still on a relative strength buy signal. So, but I think the real thing that I've seen is if you look at the 10 year yield and what I'm looking at is the real yield. Okay. Uh, and then the inflation rate, they both look like they may put a little bit of a top in. Okay. So there we go. Now the British pound, somebody asked me about that last week and uh, the British pound uh, still looks like it's in a major downtrend. Uh, so if you're, if you're going to go uh, somewhere to Europe next year, England's a good spot. Uh, and then the Commodities Research Bureau Index, uh, it, in a long-term scenario, it it broke a 14-year downtrend line. These downtrends are important. When you know we have the 10-year Treasury breaking a 
40-year downtrend, I'm talking about the yield now, okay? It ain't going back, all right? The dollar breaking a 36-year trend line, it ain't going back for a while, okay? The Commodity Research Bureau not only broke it, but it didn't test because of Ukraine. It kept going up. So now it's kind of going sideways to down. So we'll see what happens. And Dr. Copper broke $9,000 a ton uh, this past week. So that's good. And, you know, we're at another area of support for oil, too. So things are going to get interesting, I think, uh, going forward. And, uh, you know, people should start to think about that. And, you know, I, one of the things I talk about is the monthly quadrant balance oscillator that Rob Schleimer uses so much. And, look, it was down and out. And now it's starting to reestablish, uh, you know, an uptrend. And, and that means that more and more stocks are participating here. So that's a good sign. Now, we, the, the, the weekly quadrant balance is becoming a little bit overbought. So, you know, we'll probably have one more pullback. I don't think we're going to break the downtrend line on the S&P 500 on the first try. It'll probably take two or three tries. So uh, that would be 4,100 to 4,120 is the big resistance area. If you broke 4,120, I'd be, I'll tell you, and I think I'd be very happy with that. Um, so that's that kind of the key right there, you know. Uh, when you break that downtrend line, and what I mean by a downtrend line is when you have a series of lower highs, you draw a line on those, okay? And when you break through there, you become a solid citizen again. When you don't, it's a psychological barrier. People get there and say, hey, I'm not buying. <laughs> you know? So when they buy through that line, the barrier's broken. All right? The Dow's done that. The Russell 2000 has done that. And now the New York Stock Exchange has done that. So you would think the S&P 500 would be the next one there. Uh, I don't know. But look, the, the bearish sentiment is still out there. It's still at 49, 50%. Uh, and the, the bullish uh, stuff, fell back to 20. So the contrary indicators are there. They're very positive. And uh, we'll leave it at that. I would just suggest that growth versus value is still in a downtrend. Just remember, growth versus value was in an uptrend for nine years. So the fact that value is outperforming for a while, probably going to be that way. And if you look at the high beta index versus the S&P low volatility index, had a big rounded bottom, broke out out of resistance, is pulled back, and probably is in a pretty good place to buy some of this stuff, okay? A uh, little double bottom forming, you know, here on that and, uh, you know, good things. So uh, anyway, it's one of those things where um, I think you want to take a look at the value stocks, okay? Keep keep those in the back of your mind. In the meantime, in the meantime, I think we'll take a break and we'll be right back with the bullish percent. Stay tuned. This is the Smart Investor Show. Remember, questions, 216 9010945 stay tuned Every day when the work is behind you and the shop and the store put the lock on the door just get away where your worries won't find you if you like well I'll tell you more When it comes to managing your retirement it's easy to get lost look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. 
Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Rags. They're really important, and I don't mind saying so. Or even getting called the rag man by my boys. You see, from my earliest days apprenticing with Lee Newberg, I learned about the four things required of a true professional plumber. Answer the phone when the customer calls. Show up on time. Do what you say you're going to do. And clean up your mess. That's it. And cleaning up your mess is one of the most important parts. It's one reason why Lee and I loved working for the older Eastern European ladies in Cleveland. They always had plenty of well-laundered rags. And they let us use them. It just made the job cleaner and easier. Plus, they were great ladies. You know, we've always been blessed with the best customers in Cleveland. Nowadays, my sons often find me by the washing machine at the office, cleaning and folding rags. That's how I got named the Rag Man. And I take it as a compliment, because clean rags, and plenty of them, are an essential component to the Wallacadoodle experience. Consider it done at WyattWorks.com. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere, on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. This is Hugh Hewitt for Town Hall Review. If you're like me, you want more than just facts. You want insight from people you trust. People like Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, and of course me, your host each week on the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. A weekly roundup of the news. Tune in each week and visit our website at townhallreview.com where we give you what you need in today's fast-changing world. That's townhallreview.com. Saturday and Sunday at 5 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, we're back. And, uh, you know, what? it was interesting this week. Uh, you know, you probably heard uh, about the, uh, the little fiasco at the FAA. And uh, some people said it was hacking. Uh, some of our smart software people think it wasn't. It was just the FAA needs more money to come into the 21st century. Uh, but who knows? But what was interesting was I looked at the three ETFs that deal with Planes, private planes, and they all broke double bottom or double tops, and all of them broke their downtrend line. Interesting that you know, uh, maybe it's because China's reopening the, you know, the the storefront, shall we call it? But the airline uh, travel industry may benefit from a few dreadful years that they've had. So who knows? What we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway. Um, we always talk about the bullish percent, and uh, it, it's our main risk guide. It's been tough because, you know, look, in 2021, we had 20 different changes, in, you know, from X's to O's. And uh, th- that type of volatility usually means that, you know, you got to be more careful, which is what I kind of stressed most of last year. And uh, this year, um, we, you know, we were in a column of O's, and this week we went into a column of X's uh, for the over-the-counter index. The small cap names have really picked up. They they were up five percent last week to thirty-eight, uh, which is very positive, and moved into a column of X's, as did the the bullish percent itself. Now, what does that mean? This is the chart that goes from zero to a hundred. It was, it was uh, some people that worked with Charles Dow 
back of point and figure charts were the big thing. And they still are, by the way. They're used everywhere. And all it, all they wanted to do was be bullish when everyone was bearish and uh, bearish when everyone was bullish and also follow the trend. Okay, so if it was a bullish trend, you stayed with it. And that's the key, all right? So remember last year, you know, we were at 80, then we went 60, then we went 78 to 60, and we kept making lower highs, and you knew it would break sometime. Uh, so this year, we're making a series of higher lows. Hmm, that's interesting. So what we came, we came in at uh, 46.5%. All right, we were up about 7% this week, which is positive. We went into a column, remember, uh, 46 was the level, so we went into a column of X's, and OT over-the-counter index was 36, so we broke into a column of X's there, too. So I would say that the smaller names are in bull confirmed status. The bigger names are in bull alert status, okay? They, they have to break another top, so we'll see what happens. The world index is still in a column of O's, very close to turning up, but not there yet. It's at 39, has to get to 42. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, the Russell 2000 index broke above its 200-day moving average this week. I haven't seen that in a long time. And this puts the small cap index above all three of its moving averages, the 50, the 150-day, and the 200-day, and also means it's probably turning up. So Lori Calvacina, uh, said several months ago that the small names would be the place to be. And one of the things I'm seeing a lot of is the small names, like I said, on, on my charts, the 50 centers and, you know, the 70 centers going to a dollar or a dollar quarter. Those are big moves if you can catch them. Um, it's not what I do <laughs> for a living. The other area is SPACs. And the other thing I noticed was SPACs. Now, what is a SPAC? It's a, it's a special acquisition product, okay? So these are cash. And what they're trying to do is buy a, buy a business. Uh, and so it's a way to list without really do, doing a lot of uh, uh, homework. Um, so there's a lot of them out there. They they created a lot of them back in 2020 and 2021. And now I'm starting to, they're showing up all the time. The question is, uh, you know, the problem with a lot of them uh, is they're either gapping down 30% or gapping up 30%. And since you don't know what they're buying, it's pretty hard to figure out what's going on. But when you when you get above, you know, like the Russell, when you get above all your moving averages and they start to turn up, that's a pretty positive thing. It's something I highly recommend, and uh, I would, you know, suggest that uh, um, you know you pay pretty close attention to what I just said there. Um, the other thing is, you know, the big names, uh, you know, are okay. They're not moving as fast as the smaller names. And that's the hard part because, yeah, you know, there's a lot of stocks under $5. So now somebody asked me, you know, if inflation softens, will interest rates rise? And the answer is usually no. And the 10-year yield has been, you know, has been falling. The 30-year yield has been falling. Where the yields will stay up is the shorter term thing because they the Fed directly affects that area. So, Ed. That's who uh, asked the question. You know, it'll be the shorter term names. So uh, the problem is, is that, you know, look, I got 5% CDs for a week. They're gone. They're four and a half now, four, 435. So uh, so the stock market rallies is the, is the light switch turning on. And that's the question. And it looks like it's turning on 
for the smaller names, okay, is what I'm trying to say. And if you look at the Russell 2000, it had a downtrend line, which we broke through this week. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, I, I would suggest in dynamic asset level investing, which our friends at Dorsey Wright provide us with, this is just relative strength investing. Energy is number one. Basic material is number two. Consumer non-cyclical, that's staples. Number three, financials, number four. Industrials, number five. Utilities and healthcare are um, not favored yet, but they're catching up. Communication services are dead last. That's basically Facebook, by the way, and Verizon. That's the two that are in there. So th- those are the keys. You know, uh, remember, that's when we talked about energy two years ago. We bought energy uh, and basic materials. Healthcare still hasn't picked up. And I think that's simply because the economy was going strong, you know, and healthcare is more of a, uh, uh, a staple to a certain degree. Okay. So now, Look, one of the things I'll, I'll suggest is I was looking at some of the, uh, you know, ETFs in the, in the um, foreign market, and I'm seeing some interesting things in the emerging markets and, uh, and some of the developed markets, too. So, um, you know, if, if you've been in the right area there, uh, you know, like Ireland's looking good and Taiwan's looking good and, uh, um, you know, Canada's looking fairly good. Uh, you know, Australia, you know, there's there's names out there that are, the Netherlands shows up occasionally, France shows up occasionally, but mostly it's uh, finance and, and producer manufacturing and non-energy materials, uh, minerals, I mean. Uh, we do have a caller. It's Carl. Carl, how are you? Yeah, good afternoon. What can I help you with? Um, I have a year in retirement, and I have an opportunity to lock in 5% guaranteed, no risk for five years. Do you think that's a good deal? Um, I, I, I wouldn't put 100% of my money in there. You know, I'd put no, some no, money in No, there. not all of it, but, you know, a substantial part of it, though. Do you think that's... Uh, and this will be in the I mean, taxes for now. Well, right now, you know, the 10-year treasuries are like 344, 345. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, the short-term stuff is uh, at 450, so it's a little bit above. You know, look, uh, if it's an annuity, which I think it is, uh, I would take a look at a couple things. You know, sometimes with the annuities, if the yields come down, they lower them on you. So you got to mm-hmm. make sure you read, you read into the... Uh, the prospectus about that, you know, how, you know, are there any cases where they can lower the uh, yield on you? Okay. And if, right. if not, then it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Look, okay. I, I think that the 60, 40, 10, I mean, the 60, 30, 10 portfolio is going to come back. Okay. Meaning 60% stocks, 30% bonds and 10% cash. It's going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been against it for 10 years now because bond yields came down so hard. And last year, you know, you lost 20% on your bond portfolio. But, um, you know, half a percent is not, I mean, 5% is not bad. It's it's not great, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not bad, okay? So, uh, look, I will say this, Carl, we're at the bottom of the trend line of the S&P 500. It's probably a good time to put some money to work uh, in the stock market, too, okay? 
Okay. Uh, so percentage wise, for a guy in his sixties, percentage was. What do you think stock allocation? Uh, sixty thirty ten. Still sixty thirty ten. Yeah. Okay. You know how you know, Carl. One of the things that I'm finding out is people are living a lot longer than they thought they were going to. So. You, you know, 5% is great, okay, but 10% is better, and you, you need, you know, uh, you, you, you've got inflation at, you know, it's basically at 5.4%. So on that 5% deal, you're losing outright the moment, okay? Right. Bonds and fixed income are a deflationary hedge. Stocks are an inflationary hedge, so aren't commodities. So. You just you just been through a bear market. That's all, and uh, you know, Fed induced bear market because you know our federal government's gone crazy. Okay, so, yep. uh, but we are in a secular bull market, in Tim Hayes' opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion. I think this year is going to be a big year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I appreciate right. your perspective. Thank you, man. All right. Have a great day. All right. Bye. Uh, once again, if you have a question, it's two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. That's two one six nine zero. Uh, 901-0945. In the meantime, let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about uh, insiders. Stay tuned. Hugh Hewitt for Town Hall Review. If you're like me, you want more than just facts. You want insight from people you trust. People like Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, and of course me, your host each week on the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, a weekly roundup of the news. Tune in each week and visit our website at townhallreview.com, where we give you what you need in today's fast-changing world. That's townhallreview.com. Saturday and Sunday at 5 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. Hugh Hewitt wants the GOP to focus together. He will run the House well. It will be run well. There will be disagreements. And come the fall, the spending battles will be extraordinary. And I expect the government shutdown. Unless and until the Republicans get things that they want, which will include the border wall, will include significant defense spending. It's going to be a close-run thing the whole time. There isn't much margin for error. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Bob Fratz at 9 on AM 1420. The answer. And Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back, and uh, we're going to talk about insiders now, okay? So what we've done is we started with strategy. We've talked about economics a little bit. We've talked about different sectors. We've talked about different stocks even, and uh, uh, I, it's important that you come out, uh, you know, if, if you're going to look into these things, that you do your own homework, okay? Uh, don't just take these names and, and buy them. Uh, because the insiders have been wrong before, just so you know. But uh, if you get the insiders, the analysts, and the chart all working together, amazing what can happen. All right. Uh, so anyway, I talked about 
acquisition companies, SPACs, okay? And we had uh, Diamond Head Holdings, which is a shell company. David Hammond, who's the co-CEO, uh, bought $20 million worth of stock uh, on January 12th. And then um, uh, Werewolf Therapeutics, it's called HOW, is, is the symbol. <laughs> uh, we had RA Capital Management, which is pretty smart money, buy $4 million worth last week. And also uh, Great Elm Medical Distribution, which had been a $2 stock and popped at 240 at 217 uh, Jason Reese, who's a director, and I looked him up. He's a pretty smart guy. Uh, he bought a million dollars worth. And then we saw uh, NGM Bar- Biofarm. Now, you may recall this was a $12 stock, and when it got down to like 4 bucks, a bunch of people bought, uh, uh, insiders bought quite a bit. And one of them was David uh, Godel, and uh, he bought another million dollars worth. But Column Group had a big was a big buyer, and uh, they bought – a million dollars three times, and then a half a million dollars another three times, and then David Goodall came back two days later and bought another half a million dollars worth. So um, the stock has a gap. So if it fills the gap, you know it could be a, uh, a good, from move from five to like twelve bucks. So we'll see what happens there. And then Randy Paulson, who's a pretty smart guy, bought B Riley Financial. Uh, remember, we they've been buying there pretty regularly, and then. Um, we had another SPAC where Peter Yu, uh, uh, who's been involved in quite a few of these SPACs, uh, he bought uh, uh, Alvarim Tiedman Holdings and also uh, Partisan Growth Corporation. These are both shells. And then he came back a couple of days later and bought uh, you know a couple $600,000 worth of each, too. So um, now the other one, and, and this one we had a pretty good track record about a year or maybe two years ago. Um, we had Hayco Corporation, and the stock was like at about 97, and a bunch of insiders bought, and it's 165 now. Uh, and we just we had one, two, we had 13, 14, 15, 16 insiders buy here. Uh, they all bought like you know 200,000, 200,000, 200,000, then a couple people bought 145, 150. So it was it was a lot of people buying. <laughs> is what I'm trying to suggest. Uh, so that's one uh, where the chart, you know, looks pretty good too. It looks like uh, it might be breaking out. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, there we go. All right. So the insiders uh, are still buying, which I think is is kind of interesting, uh, in my humble opinion. Uh, you know, when you when you see these guys uh, buy in quantity like they are right now, you should pay uh, pretty close attention because uh, I've just found them to be. Uh, like I said, uh, if you, if you get these guys and you get them all by at the same time, you should pay attention and, and we'll go from there. Um, uh, as far as, uh, well, look, I, I, the, the S and P started to turn a little bit and then broke out on Thursday, Thursday after Thursday's report. And then, uh, they beat up the, the, uh, the bank stocks on Friday, only for have them reverse. And the, I'll just say the best kind of bull market is when the financials lead. That's my uh, opinion. Now, but look, the, the Euro, Euro stocks, 50, is still outperforming the S&P 500. Now, it's nearing its upside target right at the moment, so I think you want to wait on a little bit. But, you know, uh, the FXI, which is the Chinese ETF, uh, has been lagging. 
the S&P. And, and, you know, so I, I think that may continue. You know, China broke out last week. Uh, but, you know, the near-term target that, that I would say on a chart is kind of almost met. So you want to be interesting. Um, we're, we're at resistance. You know, I mean, we got to get through that 4,100, 4,120 on the S&P if we do that. I think we're off to the races, but you know, you got to remember that this is going to be a tough area. Okay. So, you know, be careful, you know, don't go chasing things, wait for them to come to you. Um, there was a pullback this week in healthcare and bio, by the way, uh, and, and biotech and, and pharma should be favored. I think, you know, if, if Rob Schleimer's right. And I also noticed that casinos, retail and autos are now well, autos hit resistance and died, so uh, just <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, you know, so you got to be you got to be careful with these things. You can't be just going out and buying everything you want. Okay. Now, the other thing I'll say is that the ten-year Treasury yield and the and the dollar are near support areas. So they if if they start to turn a little bit, you know, you the dollar looks like it may be another rally, and then it 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 just goes sideways for a while. Uh, but you know, I thought the metals were going to stall out um, and and reverse course a little bit, but um, who knows? I did see copper break out, and it's a short term technical positive, uh, but it made a quick move, so it's right at uh, you know places where it should stop. Okay, so that's another problem you have. Uh, now I think uh, you know. With this January effect, remember, the first five days of January, after a down year, if they're positive, seven out of seven times, we've had a big up move in the market. Uh, Tom Lee says it's 20, 20 plus percent. I believe him. He's one of the best strategists on the planet. Lori Calvacina is talking about small caps, and here they are breaking out. Okay, so... Uh, it's uh, small caps are hard to buy. Uh, you know, that's something you, you got to get uh, close to. Now, I did look at the FANG stocks, and I think, uh, except for the one, uh, you know, they're they're getting close to an exhaustive state. I don't think they're going to lead the way. I, I, I guess my question is, who is going to lead the way? And, and that's what I'm having the, the problem with. Uh, um, so, you know, look... I, if I look at the long view, okay, we've had some major breakouts, but we also got to remember that we're, I think we're in a structural bull market, okay? Now, I don't say that unless I'm um, fairly confident that I'm right, okay? But last year, you know, I was talking about, hey, we were overvalued. We were at 80% uh, on the, um, on the uh, bullish percent, and we kept making lower highs, and you know the the I mean the Nasdaq and the and the uh, S and P five hundred were at the top of their trend line, but look, you know, gold on a monthly basis is not a bad looking chart. You know, oil's broken out and it's pulled back, and it's got an area of pretty good support. The commodity in, index, you know, broke out and broke out further because of Ukraine. Probably is going to have to go sideways for a while, but copper is broken out and now it's near some near term resistance. Uh, but you know, Doctor Copper is always the, the, the thing you go to, okay? See if the economy's healthy, all right? That's why they call it Dr. Copper, because it can fix you up pretty nicely. So the point is, is that 
Dr. Copper's broken 9,000. It's the first time it's been above that in a long, long time. So uh, keep that in mind, and uh, we'll go from here. Now, look, I'm, I'm going to recommend, uh, again, the Wealth Plan and the Family Inventory Workbook. All right, get, it's, it's the beginning of the year, folks. Get organized, you know. Let's have a meeting. Let's sit down. We'll talk about it, how we can help you. Um, also, for those people that own companies, remember, we can do an analysis of your company and give you a pretty close idea of what your business is worth. So if you're, get, if you're thinking about selling it, uh, even if you're looking at transitioning it from one family member to the other, which, you know, a lot of fathers do, they, they sell their company to their son or daughter at a discount. Uh, we can give you a, a good price, all right? But also, if you're running a company and you and we have we had Dane Topic on about a month ago uh, from Dunham and, and Bender, and he's the legal side of fixing you up with a retirement plan that lets you maximize the amount of money you can put away. And like I said, you know, just think if you were in Marshfield for the last five years, they've been averaging a twenty percent return. And you're not paying taxes on it. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. So uh, there you go. We also, um, by the way, if you go to my webpage, there's the prime income list, the dividend growth list, and our ADR list, which I highly recommend at this point. Uh, but, you know, you can also contact me, email me. Let's set up an appointment, sit down, have a cup of coffee, talk about the, uh, your situation. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, cold weekend, uh, good time to start to look at a family inventory workbook or a wealth plan and go from there. Uh, in the meantime, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Have a great weekend. Remember to buy low and sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.